Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Amen. Father God, we bless you in this place, God. God, we thank you, Lord God, that your spirit is here in this place. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that hope is rising in this place, Father. Like those words said, as we lift up praises to you, O God, Lord God, that you will have your way, that we are victorious in your son, Jesus. And we just bless you in this place. Church, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Well, if we haven't met before, my name is Raina, and I am so excited to be with everyone today. And also a shout out to our Bayaville campus. We love you guys. Yes. And I believe that God has a word for us today. And my prayer is that we would have open hearts to receive all that he has for each one of us. I'm so excited about this weekend playlist, the highlight song called Raise a Hallelujah. Um, I really believe that this is a victorious, faith-filled anthem song, and it's the, the lyrics are just amazing. And I just want to go over the lyrics really quickly. I know we sang it, but it's nothing wrong with singing it again. But we're just going to talk through these words. And it says, I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. We just got to let that sit in. I'll raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I'll raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I'll raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. Now, hallelujah, I don't know if everyone knows the definition of what that word means, but that word is amazing. In the Hebrew, um, in the, Hebrew the, the term for hallelujah, it's, well, it derives from a Hebrew, and it's alleluia, and it means praise ye the Lord, or praise the Lord. So if we were to replace the meaning with the meaning of the song, so we're going to take out the word hallelujah, and we're going to replace it because I just want this to really sit in with us today. And we'll just replace it and it'll say, I'll praise ye the Lord. I'll praise you, Lord, in the presence of my enemies. I'll praise you, Lord, louder than the unbelief. I'll praise you, Lord. My weapon is a melody. I'll praise you, Lord. Heaven comes to fight for me. That's when we say hallelujah, we're saying, I, I praise you, Lord. So let's just say Hallelujah. One, two, three. One more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's so good. Why don't we just pray one more time? Father God, I thank you for this time together. And Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just give me the words to convey what you have for your people. And Lord, I just expect it, Lord God. I'm standing on your promises, Father, that when we speak the word, Lord God, that you will reveal yourself to us, Father. And Lord, my prayer is that we do not leave this place the same way we came in, that we will be transformed through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of the message today is Pathway to Victory, and I'm really excited about this message. Um, I, I'm standing here. I know we all go through battles. If, we, if we're not going through a battle, we've been through a battle, and I just love how God shows up in the midst of a battle and how he can transform our mess into a miracle. 
So what do we do when we're faced with a battle? What do we do when we receive messages or news that maybe may sound devastating? What do we do when in the natural it appears that there is no end in sight? Do we just hang on in our own strength? Do we just try to make things happen on our own? Or do we seek God and rest in the assurance of who he is? Sometimes, and this is truth, sometimes the reality is that life can seem in the natural really difficult. But I'm not here to highlight those things. I'm here, I, know that the, I know that it exists. I know we, we may experience loss, whether it's financially, whether it's family, whether it's relationships. Um, I don't know what it, is that you, what, what it is a battle that you're facing, but I do know that there is a victory if we just lean on the creator, the king of glory. I have experienced my own battles, and I am just so grateful for the testimony. And I believe that whoever may have experienced a battle and God has, you've overcome that battle, there's people in here who need to hear that testimony. And there's power when we can support one another and we can intercede on, on another's behalf and we can just walk it out with them. So if you're going through a battle or you've been through a battle, there's people here in this body. This is your family. We're a family and we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. And so that's why we have our prayer team to just release it and, and to just stand on the word of God and join with you in agreement um, that Jesus has the victory. He already has the victory, but that it's manifested in your life. So the story that I'm going to focus on today is actually in the Old Testament, and he's known to be a king, a man of faith. His name is King Jehoshaphat, so if you have children and new kids, I'm sure they probably have told you about a story of King Jehoshaphat, I'm sure. But King Jehoshaphat, I, I really admire this story because he was known to be right in the, in the eyes of the Lord. And if you were to just briefly, I'm just going to go and do a little background, give you a little bit of background on his context. Um, king Jehoshaphat, his father was King Asa, who was also known to be right in the eyes of the Lord, but his great, great, great grandfather was King David, who was a man after God's own heart. So King Jehoshaphat, he feared the Lord, and the Lord honored that. He was known to have riches. He made so many reformations in the land. He was the king of Judah, and he served for about 25 years. He started his rulership at the age of 35. And the reason I bring a little bit of the historical context about King Jehoshaphat and about his father and his great-great-grandfather is because I believe that there may be people here who are standing in faith, maybe for their children or their great-great-children. I just want to encourage you, continue seeking God, continue having that relationship because they'll see that. And we just believe that the fruit will show itself in generations to come. But King, Je King Jehoshaphat, he, although he was right in the eyes of the Lord, he did make some choices that may not have benefited him the 
greatly. He made alliances with the king of Israel who was known to serve, to worship false gods. And he did not seek the Lord when he decided that he was going to send off his son to marry um, King Ahab's daughter. And he did not seek the Lord when he decided to go into battle with King Ahab who left him hanging on the battlefield. Um, and so thank God for his mercy because he did spare his life um, during that battle. But the focus for today is going to be on a battle that King Jehoshaphat faced while he was king of Judah. And it will be found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, if you can please turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And at this time, after King Jehoshaphat made many reformations, particularly bringing back the fear of the Lord among the people of Judah. He sent out the Levites who were the priests to to really tell the people of Judah, turn back from these evil gods and turn away from these evil gods and turn back to the one true God. He also made reformations in the judicial system. So he made many changes throughout the land. But in this particular battle, this battle kind of hits him in left field. So he is told that there are not just one army, but there's multiple armies that are like not, the intel is not that they're coming in a few months and they're going to invade his land. The intel is saying they're right here. They're, they're, you need to do something because they're, they're walking on, they're crossing the sea. So King Jehoshaphat, what does he feel in the moment when he hears this? He feels fear. And that, I mean, if I was in his shoes, I'd probably be a little bit panicked, like, oh my goodness, it's not just one army, it's multiple. So he feels fear. But what does he do when he feels fear? He seeks the Lord. So immediately, when he feels that sense of fear, he goes straight to God. And I'm just going to read this briefly, um, just for the sake of time. Um, 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 3, and it's not on here, but we'll go to verse 3, actually. And it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. So the saying that not only did he seek the Lord, but he gathered everyone in the land of Judah to come together, to set themselves apart, to pray, to fast, to get direction for God, because this battle was about to brew. Well, it already was. Um, so he did experience fear, but he set himself to seek the Lord. And I'm sure many of us can relate to the emotion that we may experience. But my question to you is, when you are faced with a battle, what do you do? What is your, do we discipline ourselves enough to say, wait a second, here I'm, I'm experiencing fear, what am I doing with that? Because the truth is, we may, or here I'm experiencing worry, what do I do with that? It requires a discipline. You have to discipline yourself to say, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fall into the spirit of fear because God doesn't give me a spirit of fear. He gives me wisdom, power, and sound mind, right? So, no, I'm not going to bow down to that spirit of fear. I'm going to seek the Lord. And I really, this is really personal to me because I have been there in my own life where the enemy will put lies in my head. And I'm going to, and I just say, no, 
No, you are a liar. You were already defeated when Jesus Christ died on the cross. I'm not going to feed into your garbage. You're not going to close my mouth and stop my worship. No, I'm going to seek the one true God. And so that's what I want to encourage you today. It requires a discipline. That is what God has taught me in my own journey. And that's why I'm here to share that with you all is that you have to discipline your mind and your emotions to the Father. He has to be king over all of you, not just a part of you. And that includes your mind. Amen? So we're going to go down to 2 Chronicles 5 through 12. And so this is, you know, they're seeking the Lord together. They're fasting. So fasting is setting yourself apart because it's true. Sometimes we do have distractions. Um, people are known. Now it's the new fad of diet world of intermittent fasting, but that's not the fasting we're talking about. Um, but some people do fast. But when, when they fast, whether it's not, not eating or no, not drinking for a period of time, they are seeking the Lord. They're, gaining, they're getting direction. They're trying to hear revelation. Um, instruction from the Lord. And so this is what they did. So in the midst of that, we'll go to 2 Chronicles 25 through 12, and it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We see in Jehoshaphat's petition to God, first, he is reflecting back to God all that he has done. He understands his human limitations and lack of power and shares that he does not have the answers to this situation, but he fixes his eyes on God. And that's just, the prayer itself is powerful. When we pray, there's just thinking, it's really like, God already knows what he's already done, right? But sometimes we have to speak those things so our faith can rise. And so speaking, God, what, is, what has God done in your life? Speaking those victories, those testimonies when you're praying out to God, honoring him and thanking him, first of all, for his sovereignty and who he is, and then being real with God. God, I don't have the answers to this. In my natural, in the natural state, how I'm looking at things, it doesn't look great, but I know who you are, and I know that you have, he said that this was an inheritance from you. So the Bible says any inherit a blessing, God adds no sorrow to it. So we need to trust in that. But he, so he fixes his eyes on God and what a position that is. 
And then in 2 Chronicles 20 through, um, just going on in the text, 2 Chronicles 20, 15, 15 through 18, in the midst of this public corporate prayer, and this is a powerful part, especially, and I want to hone this in on our church family, in the midst of the church, they gathered together, men, women, children, they prayed, they fasted. In the midst of this prayer, the Holy Spirit was able to come upon a prophet. And the prophet says, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So in, the, in this atmosphere of worshiping God corporately, together, this was Jehoshaphat's. He, he knew, okay, there's, this, is, this is what they're saying. There are armies trying to come and invade the land of Judah. We need to all seek God together. In the midst of that, God was able to give instruction to his people. But they position themselves in a way to hear from God. You know, God is always speaking to us, but are we listening to him? And sometimes we need to set aside, set ourselves away from the distractions, the chaos of the world, whether that's fasting and not eating over a certain period of time, or maybe just getting off of social media for a week, asking God, Lo, I'm, I'm going to set aside from, get away from all these distractions, and I'm just going to hear what God has to say and receive instruction. And the bonus to that is when you do it corporately, when you pray together corporately, that God can reveal a word in that moment to get you from that battle to the victory. Amen? Amen. What I see here is just great faith to be able to listen and to receive the instruction. It says that after they received this instruction, Jehoshaphat bowed down to worship God. And the next day, what did they do? They went, they followed the instruction, no matter how it may have sounded. In the natural, the way we hear it, they just want us to position ourselves. We just have to be still. Okay, but if we have faith, if we know who the one true God is, it's not going to be a hard thing because we know who he is. He's sovereign. He's the king of kings. He's the beginning and the end. So knowing who your God is allows you to be in a place of rest. And that is, the, that is when we can hone in on that discipline of stewarding that time with God so that we can hear from him, we'll know him in a deeper way, we'll be, our trust and our faith will rise within us, and what peace we will have in the midst of something that in the natural seems like there's no end in sight. But they followed the instruction, and they were obedient, and they began to sing and shout praises. And so as they're going into this battlefield, and they're singing God. Um, this says that King Jehoshaphat appointed singers to go and just lift up praises to God. Like we said, hallelujah, praise ye the Lord. His love endures forever. They're, that's what they're saying. And in the midst of that, God 
sets ambushes against the enemy. And the enemy, the three armies who tried to come and attack the land of Judah, they all fought against each other with so much chaos and confusion, and not one of them survived. So it wasn't about them knowing what the end was going to, what the, how the end result was going to be. It was about obedience. And in the midst of that obedience, to just be still and know that God is God, God showed himself approved. He showed that I I get the, I'm the one who has the last laugh in this. And so it show, in the Bible, it talks about in um, chapter 20, just to paraphrase quickly, um, they worshiped. And not only did they worship God and the enemy was defeated, but it t- when they went to retrieve what was called the spoils or the plunder from the enemy, there was so much, they had so many riches It took them three days to retrieve it. It took them three days to gather all this gold, all this silver. But in addition to that, it said on the fourth day, they worship God. And and what I thought was so powerful, and I'm just going to turn to it quickly. And I don't know if this is in the notes, but in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, verse 26, it says, On the fourth day they gathered in the valley of blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. And it's still called the valley of blessing today. So what was in the natural look like an, a complete disaster? There's three armies. Think about that. Three armies coming to invade our land. Not just one army, but three. Coming to invade our land. We're seeking God in a position of faith. We're praying, we're worshiping, we're gathering together as one body. We go to the place to prepare. Okay, they're going to come... They're going to come to try to attack us. Let's just position. He said, position ourselves. He said the battle is his. So we're just going to rejoice in that because he said that it's his battle. It's God's battle. I can rejoice in that. And what, and what they see in their eyes and the natural is that those three armies were ambushed and not one survived. That God turned that battlefield into a victory. God turned that battlefield into a, a valley of blessing. And it wasn't the valley of blessing because of the riches. It was the valley of blessing of the, because of the praise, because of worshiping and seeking, their, seeking the goodness and faithfulness of God and seeing him move in such a mighty way. And it's said, and it's very similar to the previous messages this whole series, It says that as they went back to their land, they were filled with joy. They were worshiping. The kingdoms surrounding the land of Judah had developed a fear in the Lord. So those kingdoms surrounding the land of Judah, they... There, there was a transformation in their heart because many of them were known to serve pagan gods, false gods. They shifted to have this fear of the Lord. And the beauty of this story, even at the end, is that it says that Jehoshaphat rested. And what a great thing to, ha- to be able to rest in who God is. Despite the storms, despite the battles, I don't know the answers. We don't know the answers. We don't know what, what's in the natural. It looks like it's going to be a complete, it's going to be a fail. It's going to be a failure. It's defeat. There's lies, 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 but there's truth and there's power in the word. And I just want to encourage everyone today. There's victory when we seek God. 
God is a sovereign God. He'll have his will. But what an amazing thing when we can align ourselves to his will in our life. He gives us free choice. We make decisions just like King Jehoshaphat. He made a decision to go to a battle with someone who, was, who, who he should never have aligned himself with. But God gave him mercy. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. But we don't want to take advantage of that. What, a bet, what better way to just seek him, to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you in this mess. I'm going to invite you in this battle. I'm giving you permission to do a work in me. I'm giving you permission to reveal yourself to me, to speak to me. I'm opening my eyes to hear from you. And the power of drawing together as one body, as one, as, you know, we have these small groups in our church. That's, that there's power in small groups. There's power in those groups to be able to carry one another's burdens. Maybe my faith is low, but when someone can encourage me and say, no, you're a daughter of the king. Don't let the enemy put lies in your head. Trust in his word. Trust in the faithfulness of who he is. You know, the enemy wants to silence you because he doesn't want you to walk out the calling God has for your life. If he can silence you, then you won't share the love of God to other people. If he can silence you, then you would just sit in that fear, the, the emotions that you're faced with. When the whole world, that's all they talk about. It's all emotion-based. But this is faith-based. This is faith. This is faith in who God is. And the word of God, this right here, is our weapon of warfare. This right here, when you speak the word of God in your situation and you align yourself with who God is, God can move on your behalf. This is the power of God. We, if you are a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to fall upon us now. He lives inside of us. We need to steward that relationship with, our, with Holy Spirit so he can give us instruction. Jesus, before he died on the cross, he, didn't, he said, I will not leave. I mean, before he ascended into heaven, he said, I will not leave you alone. I'll leave you with a helper. Do we even have a relationship with this helper, the Holy Spirit? If you're going through a battle, I just want to encourage you. Call on Holy Spirit. It's just simple as praying, like we're praying, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I love you. Holy Spirit, just speak to me. Open my eyes and my understanding. Open my ears so I can hear from you clearly, Holy Spirit. I want to set aside all the distractions of this world and just fix my eyes on you. And watch God move in a mighty way. There's victory in our warfare that we face if we put Christ first. I'm just going to go over, for time's sake, some key points we could learn about Jehoshaphat. One Without question, go to God first. Seek him first. Surrender your concerns to him. Invite him to have his way in the battle you're facing. Two, set yourself apart from the chaos and busyness and distractions of the world and draw close to him in prayer, fasting, reading the word. In doing so, you set yourself in a place of clarity, at which time you can hear and receive confirmation and direction from Holy Spirit. Reflect on his faithfulness in your life, your ancestors, and throughout the Bible. There's so many, so much richness in the word of God about God's faithfulness, but do a reflection about your life. Think back on all God has brought you through. We cannot forget 
our Red Sea moments, because I'm sure that there have been moments that God, in our life, it may not have been exactly like the Israelites, but when God showed up in that moment of desperation, and that was our Red Sea moment, don't forget that. Position yourself in victory. You are armed with the word of God. You may not see or know all the details of how God is going to move, but that's not your concern. Your concern is walking in obedience and standing in faith in the promises of God's word. And worship, worship, worship. Worship over the warfare you may be facing in a position of victory because the battle's not yours, it's God's. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. When we surrender to the will of God, we can rest in his might, his strength, his power, his spirit. This song, Raise a Hallelujah, the song story behind this song, I don't know if anyone knows about the song story behind this song, but it's about a little two-year-old boy named Jackson, and he was faced with E. coli point. Um, e. coli poisoning, severe E. coli poisoning. And he was hospitalized, and I just believe this was in 2017, he was hospitalized for a, over a month. His organs were fit, was failing. Um, and the power of this story lies in worship. It lies, obviously, in who God is, but the body of Christ all over the world joining together in prayer and fasting and worship. And I just want you to take a moment and look at this video. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.